All right, you heard uh, Kevin say about Ethan Crumbly pleading guilty, taking a major turn, uh, dropping a little bombshell about that gun. Here is his lawyer uh, facing the press today after he decided to plead guilty, and therefore we don't not going to have a trial. Cut five. Is he in any way remorseful about what happened? He definitely is. We have to all remember uh, he is a 16-year-old boy, so a very scary situation today uh, to be in front of a number of cameras, hear the clicking, um, and to be appearing in front of a judge. Obviously, it is an extremely emotional day. There are, I don't think there are no, any words that could um, make them feel any better. There's a little irony in the fact that she's describing that he's in a very scary situation yeah. at age 16 mm-hmm. because there are cameras clicking. You don't want to think about the scary situation for the other children in the school when he decided to shoot it up. Ben Johnson is the attorney for some of the victims' families here. He's on the line with us right now. Ben, thank you for coming on. What was your reaction, and why do you think Ethan Crumley went from an insanity defense to pleading guilty? Good afternoon, Mitch. Uh, Yeah, tough day, long day for our clients. Incredibly emotional to listen to that that we heard out of him today. But uh, as to why he's pleading guilty because he did it. And I think that uh, whatever shot in a prayer that anyone may believe that he had relative to insanity, uh, I'm sure that the forensic examiner hired by the state said that he was com- you know, completely competent to stand trial. And then it would have been incumbent upon the defense to find a doctor to say he wasn't. And the kid was in school every day. The kid was doing you know, pretty much what normal kids were doing uh, until, you know, two days before he shot up the place, right? So uh, they'd have had a real uphill battle for that. So I, does I think he, that Does was, he gain any it. potential uh, leniency by pleading guilty in the sentencing? Well, the, uh, normally you would think yes, Mitch, but today the prosecutor's office said there was no plea deal. Uh, but then when you hear heard the... Uh, what we call it a factual predicate. And like, you know, I'm not a criminal law expert. That's for guys like Steve Fishman and Mitch Rabet were. But what, what the factual basis was today, they got into it, Mitch, and I, you probably heard about it, where he admitted he bought that gun with his own money with his dad. His dad bought the money, a gun for him at the store, and you can't do that. He's under age 18. You can't own a handgun. So I think that uh, dad may have some issues with the United States government, and the U.S. Attorney's Office on that, and that's going to be significant. He also testified, he crumbly today, Mitch, that it was in the backpack, just like we talked about last time I was on your show, despite the fact that two of the people from the uh, Oakland uh, Community Schools testified, oh, we don't think it was there. We think it was in the ceiling of the bathroom, which obviously was a lie. So he he said some really damning things today. There's not only going to impact uh, the criminal trial of his parents, but it's going to play a major role in our civil cases too, Mitch. Van, will he definitely be sentenced as an adult, or does the judge have any discretion on that? Well, the judge has discretion, and the United States Supreme Court has ruled that you can't give uh, a sentence of mandatory life without the possibility of parole to a kid. So there's that. And now... Judge right. Is that Lowe is that is what's is that what's uh, referred to as the Miller hearing? Uh, the Miller hearing, though, Mitch, is again, I'm not the criminal law expert for you guys, but 
The Miller hearing is going to be the hearing that they have for juveniles, right, on how to go about giving them a sentence. So Judge Rowe is going to hear testimony about all the different things that he could do, and then he's going to make a decision on what he is going to do. And if you guys notice today, that's not going to happen until after February. And the interesting date about that is that's when the parental trial is supposed to be. So what does that mean? Well, we can all speculate, but it's going to be interesting, guys, to say the least. Well, we, we uh, on the other, actually our last show on Friday, we had a gentleman who committed right. a crime, a murder. Uh, nothing as cold-blooded as, as what this was. He was, you know, banging around with some of his uh, friends, had a drive-in, first time he ever held a, held a gun, shot it through a window, claimed, you know, he, he had no idea the power of the gun and ended up killing somebody, served 40-plus years in prison, and, right. then, and then was let free on that very thing that you mentioned, that you can't sentence a juvenile to life in prison without parole. Now, he was a model prisoner, a model citizen, and has proven to be as such ever since he's been out. Um, however, there were still people who I'm sure say, why did he ever see the light of day? He took, he took a woman's life. So right. will that say, if that same thing now applies, that was in retrospect, because he was given life without parole, and then they changed it. Now that we know that Correct. you can't do that, so what is a maximum sentence that an Ethan Crumley at age 16 can get? Exactly. And Mitch, and sorry, but the civil lawyer's got a punt on that one. I, I don't know. I don't do juvenile law, and I don't really do criminal law. So although we have a lot of overlap, that's that's a technical question. And the answer that, that I think what we're going to find out together, gentlemen, is that we're going to see that Judge Rowe is going to balance all this, and he may come up with some type of a hybrid where, you know, if there are these things that he builds into the sentence, uh, for example, Crumley graduating from uh, high school, Crumley uh, graduating from college, Crumley being a model uh, uh, prisoner, so forth and so on, under certain scenarios that certain things may happen. But again, hmm. very candidly, guys, I don't know, and that's for the civil or the criminal lawyers to tell you. Well, uh, I think I think I speak for most people in that the fact that he ultimately pleaded guilty, said I did it, even explained in some ways that he did it, is it doesn't make anything any better for any of the victims, but it does spare them the argument that, oh, I didn't know what I was doing, or I was crazy, or I was this, or, you know, and, and, and going through months and months of, 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 of right. hearing how we need to feel it. sorry yeah. Yeah. for this right. and relive sure. it in a trial. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, I, I guess sure. the word I'm looking for is relief. Is that how you would say your families feel? Yes, Mitch, that's a great point, but again, now we got, you know, round two with the Crumley parental trial currently scheduled, I believe, for early February. So, yes, one down and, and another one to go in criminal. And then, of course, uh, we have a, a case filed in state court in Pontiac, right, in Oakland County in uh, civil court, and another one in federal court. So two more to go. So, yeah, it's, it's a long, long road, gentlemen, for these road. folks to finally get full justice. And you and I both know when you lose a child or your child is a victim of a terrorist attack like this one was, a domestic terrorist attack, you, you, you're, you're never going to obtain what you feel to be full justice. How can you? Right. Ben Johnson, attorney for some of the families in this terrible tragedy. We appreciate you coming on as always. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, guys.